It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hey, Vanessa Ragland. Hi, Cole. <laughs> this is our uh, second podcast for the Nerdist Network. Woo! Which we're very excited that we're a part of now. Yes, we're so excited to be a part of the family. So uh, if you found us through the Nerdist Network, uh, welcome. Check out our back log of episodes because if you just found us guess what we've been doing this 61 other times <laughs> that's right this is episode number 62 so uh you can get the back episodes on itunes and also our website popmyculturepodcast.com so check those out would you yes please uh we are completely listener supported we are at this point uh so uh if you feel like donating there's a donate button on our website popmyculturepodcast.com that's right and if you do so we uh we give you a shout out on the air that's right in fact we have some people we'd like to thank right now mm-hmm uh, I think it's time to check in with Vanessa. Vanessa. Well, it's a pretty dreary day here, and I'm all cozied up with a blanket and some hot tea, just thinking about the people that mean a lot to me. Oh, yeah. I got some letters in the mail, and there's a few people that I'd like to say something to. Check them out, Vanessa. Here we go. First of all, Eric. Eric. I got a very beautiful email from someone very close to you that said you've changed their life. Actually, that was the Pop My Culture podcast writing that email, and they say thank you so much, Eric. Yeah, thank you, Eric. You're a special guy, and you deserve really special things. Also, Janine. Janine. Hey, Janine. I hope you're doing well out there in Santa Fe. I imagine you on a ranch on a horse somewhere. Just wanted to let you know that your donation meant a lot to some very special people. Oh, yeah. And lastly, I want to say a very special thank you to Lou. Lou. Lou, you're the kind of guy who drinks black coffee and eats donuts, and we love that about you. But even more than that, we love your generous, generous spirit. Lou, you're really making things happen for us. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. That was another episode of... Vanessa. Well, thanks, Vanessa. (laughs) Wow, who is that woman? She's beautiful. She is. And uh, hopefully you guys are still listening, (laughs) because this is a great episode, uh, I think. Uh, Before we get to it, uh, a couple other quick things. We're doing a live... A live Pop My Culture podcast as part of SF Sketchfest, the That's San Francisco correct. Comedy Festival. I talked to the showrunners, <laughs> of which I am one, and uh, we're going to be doing it. It's going to be uh, on uh, Saturday, January 28th. And we're super excited. 1 o'clock p.m. At the Eureka Theater. Yes. So we hope that if you're in the San Francisco area or would like to be in the San Francisco area, you'll come and check us out. Yeah, you can check out the full festival lineup at sfsketchfest.com. Uh, also, we have t-shirts, which we've announced before. Yes. Great holiday gift. Hey, guess what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? A Pop My Culture t-shirt. Well, you can get one at popmyculturepodcast.com. But what color are they? They're like a navy blue. What is the fabric like? It's really nice. They're maybe alternative apparel. Is it lightweight? It is. It's lightweight and breathable. How does it hold up in the wash? Really good. Great. I'll take 40. Awesome. Yes. Yes, we just sold 40 t-shirts, oh Vanessa. Well, I've got bad news. Oh, so, what? Oh, it was a character? <laughs> Darn it. And also, if you like the show, uh, leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please. It means a lot to us. Yeah, it's helpful. But if you don't like the show, don't leave that review. Yeah. 
Go make cookies. Yeah. And Be enjoy happy. your cookies. <laughs> well, let's get to our guest, shall we? I'm this so guy has amazing. done so much awesome stuff. And he's a wonderful, sweet human being. Exactly. Oh. So let's bring him out, shall we? Come on out. Our guest today, you know him from Mad TV, Pulp Fiction, and if you like cartoons, you've heard his voice on a ton of them. Phil Lamar is here. Welcome, hey, Phil. Phil. Thank you. It's Thank you. So I'm great happy to, to be here. to have you in the studio. <laughs> thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> hey, Vanessa, thank you. It's, it's good to be here. I'm, see, I'm just going to keep changing Just voices. do it because you're talented. That's not why. <laughs> and you're I, crazy. I, exactly. <laughs> I have a mental deficiency. I think you look really efficient. Efficient or deficient? <laughs> no, efficient, not deficient. Oh, my deficient. God. I have a mental efficiency. <laughs> right? Whoa, that, That's a new thing That'll people are going to start saying. Like my brain just jumps ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard the greatest thing. You guys see, you guys are young, so you probably already know this. What? But, uh, iPods, we've heard of them. Next. <laughs> sexually transmitted diseases. Oh, yeah. Are not sexually transmitted diseases anymore. What are oh. they? They are wait, not and as, why did you wait, are they getting an ex, are they know. getting an extreme makeover? Is that what's happening? Be, no, they they have made a, a decision to not call STDs STDs. What are they going to call? Them? They are no, it's, this is already going on. They are STIs, sexually transmitted infections. Oh, because if you tell somebody they have a disease, <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, fuck it. What am I going to do about? It? I got a disease. Uh, I'm going to oh, get drunk and fuck somebody. But, but if you tell them they have an infection, treat. they'll go to the doctor. Weird. Nice. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. STIs. STIs. Plus, STIs kind of sounds like CSI, and that's a big hit. Yeah, so everybody exactly. will be down for that, There's right? There's so many spinoffs. <laughs> STI Miami. <laughs> Chlamydia's testing through the roof now. <laughs> STI chlamydia. STI gonorrhea. <laughs> all they all strangely many... start Emily Proctor. Is that weird? <laughs> STI herpes city. <laughs> now, that one has David Caruso. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> David Cruz, yeah. If if you found out that a star had herpes and someone told you, yeah, it's David Cruz, you're like, okay. oh, yeah, I get, yeah, it. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've got to be upfront about something. <laughs> Is that David Cruz? That was. You couldn't see me like take off my sunglasses. Oh. And stand over a body and say that. Wow. Sorry. That's okay. You were just telling us. Cole was telling us he was in a rock band in fifth grade, so he's still in the zone right now. That's right. Very in the rock zone. You know, we're we're still trying to tour, get the band back together. (laughs) Wait a minute. You know what? I want to make sure that we don't sound the same. I should use my black voice. Okay. Me too. Because this is. (laughs) What is yours like? (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what. You're just going to hear mine and copy it. You do your black voice, I'll do my white voice. That's what we get. Well, you know what? I'm just really happy to be here. You know, um, we're really glad to have you. <laughs> there you go. No, oh my God! Th- welcome. That's my black voice. <laughs> hey, boyfriend. <laughs> it's like a young Marla Gibbs. <laughs> oh, I can add that to my reel. <laughs> Please don't. Here's my young Marla. Look, we need yes. somebody who can do a young Marla Gibbs right Hello. now. Who do we got? Go to the voice bank. <laughs> I, I can guarantee that if you search the worldwide, no one is looking for that. Right <laughs> You're probably right. But no, that's my that's my big uh, uh, pet peeve with podcasts. It's like, no offense, but all you white guys sound alike. Right. And you'll be sitting here listening to the Nerdist podcast like, okay, wait, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Okay. okay. Is that Chris? No. Who's that? I can't tell them apart. I yeah, can tell them that. White guys sound alike. A lot of white guys. Not all white guys. Which ones sound different? Like white guys with... Big white guys sound different. 
Like Jonah. Jonah Ray sounds different. Yeah, that's true. You know. Like this? That's, that's, that's such a good <laughs> Jonah Ray. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jonah Ray. Oh, my God. I thought that was Vladi Diva. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No problem. Get it out of time. <laughs> It sounds so much more like Gomer from uh, Gomer the, Pyle. No, oh. or Gober, whatever his name was from Goober the, from the, no the the Punky Brewster cartoon. The oh, Frontal Frond, that guy. That's what. I didn't yeah. even know it was a cartoon. They made a cartoon out of it. It was her and this like little enchanted like gerbily thing that flew around and, what? and sounded Every like child that. And sounded like that. Frontal yeah. <laughs> Frond. That's what he said. I'm 100 percent serious about that. Punky Frond. Yep. Though you got to do a voice on one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid, which was Mr. T. <gasps> and you, you did that, that when oh, yeah. you were in high kid. school. Yeah. Yes, that was uh, my very first job. Because of that job, I'm already vested in my Screen Actors Guild pension. Oh, my gosh. That's Shut amazing. Up. Isn't that insane? Well, okay. So- such a great cartoon. It was so like, the concept is so <laughs> ridiculous, beyond ridiculous. Mr. Okay, you have Mr. T in a cartoon, which is, all right, great, whatever. No. But Cole's he teams, on board. Cole's he teams up with, <laughs> not just with like kids, like young gymnasts. Okay, now, 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 Cole, you're, you're selling the premise short. <laughs> the premise is Mr. T is Mr. T. Got it. As, as we all know and love him. Yep. But he is also the coach of a traveling gymnastics team that solves mysteries. <laughs> That's the cartoon. I missed that 100%. show. 100%. And then yes. he would do live action like intros to the episodes, which my favorite one was him going like, Hey, everybody, uh, I'm Mr. T. First name, Mr. Middle name, that period thing. Last name, T. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's too amazing. Wait, so who were you? I was Mr. T. No, I was Woody. I was like, wow. Because there, there was a, an ethnically diverse mm-hmm. group of gymnasts. Wow. Like all groups of gymnasts. Right. Um, all groups of crime-fighting gymnasts. Exactly. Have a yeah. little color in the mix. We had uh, an Asian girl, a black kid, black guy, and... A then freckly ginger kid who wanted to be T. You remember him? Well, that was, that was the younger brother of one of the girls who was on the team who... Apparently, the parents said, well, fine. Go ahead and travel with your sister. <laughs> go you don't for need to it, go to baby. school. <laughs> and he had a little bulldog with a... Uh, he also had a mohawk. had a mohawk. It's a pretty amazing cartoon. Really- Track it down if you can. No, it was... It was <laughs> it's it's let, terrible. Let's be clear. Cole is using the words great and amazing in a wholly ironic sense. <laughs> but you can't take your eyes off of the thing. It's so ridiculous. And the, the Saturday Night Live parody of it that Robert Smigel did... Did he ever? Did he do a Mr. Yeah, T? Yeah. Did you print? not see that? It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's of that cartoon show, and the whole thing is it's like Mr. T trying to find work. So he's like, I need work, and they're all trying to help him. So he goes and he sees that the theater is doing a Doll's House by Henrik Ibsen, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I need work. This house is like work. Let's check it out. And he goes inside and he's like, I want to play Torvald, fool. And it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good, and it's the exact same style with the same characters and everything. Oh, you my must gosh. see it. Oh, yeah, I gotta find that. that but yes, it was it was that horrible cheap. It was like that because it was done by not Hanna Barbera but Ruby Spears, which was the cheaper knockoff spinoff company of Hanna Barbera. Like, if, like if you don't have the money pickles. to do one of those Hanna Barbera <laughs> cartoons, come to us. <laughs> and our director actually told us, like he directed us, to always go up at the end of every line. He gives it energy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no matter what you were saying, it's like if you were saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry, your dog died." I'm so sorry, your dog died. Oh my god. And if gosh. you didn't go up at the end of every line, he made you re record it. Ooh, I don't want to watch wow. this. Because- Though when I watched the show, I was like, God, there's so much energy in this. <laughs> now you know why. I don't know what it is. That director knew why. Well, that's the end. 
<laughs> Everything went up. Oh my gosh! Speaking How did of... you get that job? Sorry, go ahead. It's okay, Cole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, a friend of my mother's worked at NBC and knew that I did plays and knew that they were casting real kids for this cartoon, as opposed to most cartoons at the time were doing, which used adults to right. play kids. Um, and so she got me an audition. And did you have to do any gymnastics for the audition? No gymnastics. Weird. <laughs> no. Well, if you look at the animation, it's not so weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, they we only recorded during the summer, so it was basically my summer job for three years. And you went to an Ivy League high school, Harvard High School, and then you went to Yale. Right. So you're stupid. Well, <laughs> well, it's funny because Harvard High School actually had no official affiliation with Harvard University. I figured it probably did. There was just a guy who was in L.A. He's like, you know what? We're 3,000 miles away. They'll never know. (laughs) And it'll make rich people bring their kids here. Oh, I've heard of that. And he was right. But I think eventually they had to like say, "Uh, is this okay? Someone signed a paper and it's all right. Do you ever park your car at Harvard Yard? Is the old the old accent tongue twister? You know what? I'm that is the one accent I'm deathly afraid of is the Boston accent because the one time I tried to it's do, wicked hard. It's wicked hard. I tried to do John F. Kennedy and somebody said, "Is that Woody Allen?" Oh, and I, I get the like, same thing with my Alan Rickman. People are brutal. <laughs> well, what they don't tell they don't tell you it sounds like uh, a Smurf or something because you know, as I've heard your Alan Rickman and it's really good. It sounds Asterix. like a young Marla Gibbs. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty... Anyway, I'm just saying I know how you feel. Does it hurt? No, it feels great. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it hurts. No, it doesn't. It feels amazing. I do Alan Rickman all the time and it feels great. (laughs) Nobody can even hurt my feelings about how good it is. (laughs) I don't know. You're crying a little. No, I'm not. My eyes sweat like that. (laughs) Anyway. So there's a controversy we have to talk about. (gasps) The People's Sexiest Man of the Year Award. Oh, I'm not okay with this. Has gone to Bradley Cooper. (gasps) But all these people are was actually was it the sexiest in, man of last year? <laughs> they're a little behind. Or the prettiest pussy face? I'm sorry. Wow. wow. Anyways, the controversy cut that is out. Uh, that no, nope, that's not, going to John. Do not, not cut that out. Well, I don't know why would you call him a pussy face. <laughs> so the controversy here is not only that people disagree with it, but everybody thinks Ryan Gosling should have won, and they're Obviously. writing all these letters, and there's like official protests happening mm. to People Magazine. Because it's sexiest man alive, or yeah. is it is it it's sexiest man sexiest alive? Sexiest man right? alive. This year's sexiest man alive. <sighs> yeah, I guess it's it's tough because Bradley Cooper is so much more overtly sexy. But he's just prettier. He's not. He's not prettier though. Do you I, think he's prettier? I think he's prettier, but less sexy. He smiles more. And he yeah, has those he's white, got white those teeth. super white teeth. I feel like he takes too good of care of himself. I'm not interested. And his skin gets more and more orange all the time. Like he's getting darker and darker. That's because he's getting richer and richer. That's true. <laughs> yeah. See, that's I, what happens. I think what they mean is he's the man who's having the most sex. Oh. Because I mean, think about it. If you got Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling at a party, and yeah. Vanessa, you put on your low cut top right. and you go up there. Hello. Ryan Gosling will oh. sit and talk with you. And look deeply in your eyes. Oh, my gosh. And then he'll leave. Oh, I don't like the end of that story. Bradley Cooper will bang you. In the coat closet. Yes. Way and then go, come out Bradley. and smile at someone else. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and I'll be like, Brad, wasn't it special? So I guess maybe it's, maybe it's the sexist man alive. Like, most sexist. The most sexist. Yeah. Sexist. I still think they're overlooking um, the obvious choice. Morgan Freeman? No. Well, thank you. I think you oh, do a Morgan no. Freeman, right? Oh, no. Yeah. He, was that it? 
That was it. That was my movie. That's yeah. Right now, Cole, let me tell you something. When I first met Andy Dufresne. <laughs> now, now do yours. No, it's not no as Cole has one. one. I know. I, I tell you, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> get busy living or get busy dying. I think Say it's what so bad. I think it's horrible. Is it? Just because I Says Mrs. Ellen, Ellen Rickman. <laughs> wow. Well, we got who put all these pots and kettles in here. It's so dark. <laughs> I think my Alan Rickman. I'm Alan Rickman. It's really good. It's really good because when you meet him, it's exactly what he does. He walks up to you and he goes, Hi. Did you enjoy me and rub me? I was bleeding. Wait, now who is that? That's how. That's a creature. Of no, some, that's a famous creature. Yeah, yeah. Is it a or something. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of Smeagolish from Lord of the Rings. Okay, I don't do that one. My princess. Ew. Sorry. You don't do. You don't do. You don't do. No. I don't like gross. She only does British thespians. That's her. You should hear my Emma Thompson. Really? Let's Hello. I'm Emma Thompson. Better than your Alan Rickman. No, that's, I'm Nanny McPhee. That's totally. That's totally the lady on episodes. <laughs> I gotta get better at this guy. Who I think I, at first I thought was I think for three episodes I thought was Emma Thompson. Like Emma Thompson looks so young. How'd she do that? <laughs> she didn't. No, but Helen Mirren did. Oh man, she is a goddess. She mm-hmm. is so hot, and it's very like in vogue to want to do her. Do you, yeah, well, well, you know what? I've been wanting to do her since before it was in vogue, before it was hip. <laughs> Way back when. Way back when. She's got curves that won't quit. Mm. Oh, but like En Vogue, never going to get it, never, never going to get, get it. I came close once. Oh, really? Well, I saw her. <laughs> <laughs> in a movie. I saw her in a movie. <laughs> no, I, I saw her at UCLA. She was really? like sitting. I can't remember what we were there for. I think a screening of something. And there was like a, a lot of people there, but she was sitting up on like a uh, podium. No, no. Uh, you know, they have the stairs and then there are the, the stone things on the side oh, of the yeah, stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was just sitting up there and I was just like, oh, my God, that's Helen Mirren. Oh, my God, that's Helen Mirren. And I was like, I should go talk to her. I can't go talk to her. And then I didn't. Oh, <laughs> Yay! Good story! <laughs> was she glowy? She was just gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. I but really love her. Really? Do you think she's had work done? Yeah. I don't know. Has she just had like really great work I think done? She's had Maybe very it's just really tasteful subtle, tasteful. Yeah, yeah. I think like fillers and things like that. But I don't think a lot. I think maybe a little breast lift, maybe because those well, boobs are defying gravity. Have we seen her breasts? She, see, she hasn't shown her breasts. Yeah, maybe in she quite just has good undergarments. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's really all you need. Yeah, I mean, ladies, get a bra fitting. Unless unless you're doing <laughs> porn, do you really need a boob job? Just get some cutlets. Right. True okay. that. Some people are or jacking be theirs up. <laughs> hey, uh, that's what's up. <laughs> I wish y'all could see my boobies on this podcast. You should hit them with them. Hit the mic with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not rub it gently over your nipples. Wow, you just took that in a whole other. way. I'm just saying, bang the microphone with your breast, Motorball. and you turn into this whole <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> anyway. Politics. Politi- back to politics. <laughs> That's right. Herman Cain. Right. Speaking of hot dogging. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> no, that would um, be like pizza, wouldn't it? It's yeah. uh, well, it is awards season starting to be. So all the movies that are coming out right now are like hardcore statue bait, as I like to call them. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of great things that just came out. Um, 
uh, first of all, The Descendants, which was written by two of your groundlings. Yeah. Chums. Yes. Can I can I can I throw a shout out to? Um, I just uh, did a show, and we're going to be doing the show again at. Uh, SF Sketch Fest, uh, the Beverly, Win- Be- Beverly Winwood presents the Actors Showcase, which is a parody of an acting class uh, industry night showcase. And we have like so much award bait or statue bait in our show. Nice. Uh, Emmy winner Melissa McCarthy. Um, uh, who else? Paul Rubens. Um, Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, the co-writers the of The Descendants, of Descendants yeah. who are mm, pro- everyone says are probably pro- going to be yeah. nominated for I an agree. Oscar, That's gonna which is hilarious if you've seen some of the wigs in their locker. <laughs> <laughs> I but. can't believe it. When oh. I found out they wrote it, I was just floored because it seems like the not the kind of work you would ever assume they're doing. Well, especially when you, you see Jim's character on Community. Right, exactly. And then, <laughs> and you then s- you're like, oh, him. Yeah, the dean wrote this like really somber right. film with Clooney, you know, basically in mourning for two hours in Hawaii. Uh, I mean, it's a great film. I but, really but recommend keep, it. Like, when, if you know he's ready, keep waiting for like, okay, where's the funny part? Wait, is something going to get wacky? So silly. So, oh. <laughs> You're like, oh, she's in the boat. Oh, it's going to go. No. Oh, no. She just goes into a coma. Oh. Well, that's the one thing that's like weird for, to it for me is like that Rob Pubel and Mary Bird song have parts in it who are like, you know, big comedians, yeah. but right. they it's played really straight. The whole movie's played really straight. Like there's definitely laughs in it, but right. it's, you know, it's, it's, a, nobody's hamming it up for the camera at all. It's, and it's, it's an Alexander Payne movie, which, you know, is, it's, yeah. it's got a stamp on it right. in a sense, but. It's so wild. Oh, there's one, there's one more. Uh, Rachel Harris is also in the, the Beverly Winwood show, and she was just nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Natural Selection. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, and she's great in that. Oh, she, yeah, it's amazing. And, and again, somebody with incredible comedic chops not doing you know a, a comedic role and just like knocking it out of the park. It's incredible. It's because funny people are sad people. Deep inside. Well, it's just something weird about like when a comedian makes that leap over and takes on a dramatic role. People like it's it, for some reason it's like, whoa, they they can actually do that too. It's that much more impressive to us because for some reason we devalue comedy as a society yeah. in that sense. Right. You know, serious actors are thespians, and you expect them to be amazing at things. But comedians, when they can cross over, right? Which is what's why the whole Adam Sandler thing is really sad to me now because like. Jack and Jill was really great dramatic work that has been overlooked. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I mean, he was he Jack. He played a woman. He and Jill. He was her. He Although, was both those people. He was what? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, uh-huh. he's like a young Elizabeth Montgomery. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will disagree with you um, in one respect. Not every comedian. It's the comedians who are also actors. Yeah. Right. You know? And it's funny because Robin Williams is a good actor, but he just had such a huge persona that he had trouble getting people to accept that he was doing these really good performances. Right. Then you've got, I mean, I hate to to kick him when he's spending his hundreds of million dollars, but Jim Carrey (laughs) is not that good an actor. Right. He's getting better, but, you know, you could tell he wasn't able to like the sadness inside was still like sort of blocked and locked and he was pushing at it and playing you at know? it. Yeah. But he right. was never, he couldn't be himself. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't be himself in his comedy. He couldn't be himself in his drama. Right. And that's what everyone was responding to. I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. And then you have somebody like Steve Carell, who I don't know 
his total training. I don't know his entire background, but I feel like he's so earnest in everything he does, comedy mm-hmm. or whatever, that you buy him in everything. Well, he's a second, he's a like second city guy. Yeah. So I just didn't know if he had theatrical training before that or if it was all comedy. Um, right. But I always I think, oh, he's so real, whatever he's doing, I just believe. But yeah. the thing I was to say about, about Sandler was like, you know, Punch Drunk Love happened and there's yeah. this whole thing about like, you know, he's got some ability right. in that arena and now it seems like like I have no problem with him just doing comedies from now on. I, I think he's really funny, but like the mm-hmm. co- the quality of the comedies he's doing is just like going down incrementally because Grown Ups was really bad, uh, and they just greenlit a sequel to it. They're making a sequel to Grown Ups. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you serious? Grown Ups is one of the worst movies I've seen in the last couple of years. But the poster with those heads on those babies was well, funny. Come on, come on, it's Chris Rock. It's it's David Spade. It's, it's all the guys. Everybody okay. loves the guys. Okay, we're Everybody gonna bring him back. Guys. We're gonna bring him back. We're gonna call it uh, Middle Age Crisis. What are they going to call it? Grown ups too. What are you? What are you? What are you, what are you drunk? <laughs> we want people who saw the first one to see the next one. Just slap a two on it. Yeah, grown ups two. Grown ups again. T O O. Oh, shut up! That's cute. Like Teen Wolf two. Grown ups two. <laughs> oh, it's your old voiceover training coming back. Two. Grown ups two. Up at the end. <laughs> ah. Go, and then Cole. also, uh, I, I saw Hugo, which is great. Oh, yeah, I want to see Scorsese that. Scorsese movie. I got cold. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Vanessa's wearing this relationship a, is dying. a mink coat <laughs> for this entire uh, See, I used, to, I used to make her hot now. Bathing in mink. I'm sorry, you were talking about something? <laughs> yeah, Hugo is the new Scorsese flick, and it's great. It's, I mean, it's a family movie, but it's really it's gorgeous. It's one of the few movies that like actually the 3D really enhanced it. I don't think they show it any other way. I don't think it's one of those ones oh, that really? has they 2D. Do. do they have 2D yeah. screenings of it? Because right. we, we saw it not 3D. Okay. The screening I was at, like the theater I was at, only had it in 3D at a bunch of showings. And it was nice. I mean, the opening shot is like magnificent. And uh, I really dug it. It takes its time. It's a little slower at the beginning, but. I always get so overwhelmed this time of year because there's so many movies out that I can't make a decision and I get paralyzed. So I haven't even seen a movie in two weeks. You should see the, if whatever has Dakota Fanning or Chloe Moretz in it. I mean, that's how I usually go. Hello. What is Dakota Fanning doing? She's just being cool. Is she in the Twilight movie? Well, well, she's one of the Volturi. What? (laughs) 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 Anyway, um, I don't know what she's up to. I haven't seen (laughs) I hate sparkly vampires. (laughs) Oh, and uh, the artist is fantastic as well, which... Oh, Oh, my God, he plays so... Oh, oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) thought you were talking... (laughs) The artist. You mean the movie? The movie, the artist. Yeah. Is that the silent one? Yeah, it's silent. Uh, It's great. Is it in black and white, too? It is in black and white. It's actually... I'm going to get in my time machine and go watch that. (laughs) And it's shot 4.3, so it's like as if it's small on your TV on the screen. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's shot like, like the old... They're like, you know what we want to do? Make this uncomfortable. Does it do that too? It's a little bit like the print kind of sometimes kind of goes out or gets scratchy, but it's it's great. It does have a little sound in it, doesn't it? A teeny teeny bit. bit? Yeah. Yeah. Marcel Marceau going, no. (laughs) (laughs) Reference? Silent movie. Reference? Oh, see, fuck it. Why not even going to... Don't play with Cole. He'll he'll fight back. You play, he fight. (laughs) That's how it goes. That's your black voice. Yeah, that is. (laughs) (laughs) She just drops all the Gs off of things. That's how you do it. Not like that. <laughs> I got nervous. I got in my head. I'm going to get out of here. Get out of your head. Um, we could talk about all the voices you do. You have done so many impressions. Okay, so I like Mad TV. Which, which one do you think is my sexiest impression? Your sexiest is definitely Prince. Oh, good. I thought you were going <laughs> to say Billy Crystal. No. Because you did like Twilight, so I don't know. You don't, no, you can trust me. People's sexiest man of the day. year, <laughs> Billy Crystal. <laughs> 
Wow, that's a really nice top you got on. That's, uh, that's um, you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm too. <laughs> laughing too loud. That was my... Um... That was from a selection from My Brunch with Alan Rickman, starring Billy Crystal. <laughs> Alan Rick- oh, that's a movie. That's a <laughs> no, movie and a half. No, that's a movie not. that Billy Crystal would make. Yeah. You know, I, I met Alan Rickman, and we just, we just hit it off. He said, we should do a movie together. So. <laughs> but he doesn't play baseball, so we just had brunch. It was great. <laughs> I ordered tea. A lot of tea. He drinks a a lot of tea. (laughs) It's like my dinner with Andre, too. That's what we can call it. But we can just put Alan Rickman and. Because that's already branded. Yeah, it's already a brand. Let's hop on on that. Oh, they're making a Lego movie, right? Yeah. Legos, my dinner with Andre, too? (laughs) Yes. Hello. They have commissioned a film based on Legos. There will be a Lego movie. I don't know what it's about other than Legos. Legos are about everything. Dude, you know what? Our culture went down the the sinkhole when Pirates of the Caribbean was good. When was that? The the first one. The first one. Oh, okay. The fact that, like, I mean, because I I was one of the people running up and down the street going, you can't make a movie from a theme park ride there's not even a story in the theme park i mean at least mr toad's wild ride you go somewhere and there's an ending pirates of the caribbean and then they made a good movie. wait hold on is that a true thing or a joke was the ride before the movie are you serious yes <laughs> oh my god you just got so sexy today. <laughs> tell, tell me you're 20 wait i don't even know where what's I a am nixon now. wait but is that true pirates of the caribbean ride has been around since like the 60s the movie was based on a ride? Yes. <laughs> Cole, don't tell her about Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Haunted Mansion. Don't you think it's Is that based on a real mansion? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that based on? Well, Eddie Murphy had a, had a house. And he found a Christmas ghost in it. with the said, Hey, you know what? This would make a great theme park slash movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still reeling that it was they made a ride into a movie. Yeah. Yes. Wow. She seriously. She did not know that seriously. <laughs> no, I think this is not common knowledge. It's completely common knowledge. <laughs> well, you don't know. No, Cole, she's right. Only to people who've ever heard of Disneyland. Yes. Well, guess who's never even been to Disneyland. That's a lie. Well, it is a lie, but I- <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. it was based on the ride. And what, Wait. What, I have a season pass. I go back there a lot. The thing that depressed me about that is then they started to change the ride to of match course. the movie, which is like, it was a ride first. But you've got all these people going, well, this, this ride is nothing like the movie. Where's Jack Sparrow? Because the, mo- the ride was just like a sh- shitty little boat ride. Well, I went on the ride, but it was after the movie <laughs> happened and there was a Johnny Depp. Yeah, so they how added, was I to know? They added Jack. Who would think they would take a ride and make it into a franchise? Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm. <laughs> they just basically peppered the ride with Johnny Depp's. There's like right. four of them on the ride, mm. um, and then they did. There's like that little like dry ice screen that for a while had Bill Nighy's character on it, and now it's uh, Ian McShane's Blackbeard character. So they keep changing it you really for keep the sequels. Up with this ride. 
Cole has a spreadsheet, a Google Doc. That is <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Look, I, the time. when I was a kid, that was my favorite ride. I loved that ride. And we have a tradition that my family has always done, and now I do with Jenny, is there's the, the, the pirate boat battle in the middle of it. Right. And at some point, the pirate captain always says, fire at will. And then we always go, which one's will? We've done it since I was a little kid. My dad... <laughs> Tommy ate when I was a kid or whatever. Right. So we always do that. Every passed time you go down the from generation do they, to do generation. Do they still have that in there? That's still in there. Oh, yeah. my God. Which one is Will? Something you, my great-grandfather taught me when I was yay high to a pirate it's, knuckle. It's just, which one's Will? Not, which one is Will? But which one is Will? She, she thinks Alan Rickman's going to play Will in the fifth <laughs> Pirates movie. I'm ready for my part. That wasn't a good Alan Rickman. Oh, I, that wasn't the no, good No, that one. wasn't good. Oh. Okay, I see. Good to know. Uh, I see. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to get into character. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Can you do an Alan Rickman? Not really. But you I, do I listen so to many. a lot of Harry Potter stuff, so I would, I would like to be able to do an Alan Rickman. Can you do anyone else from Wait, Harry Potter? Wait, what's the... What's, uh... I'm like the most annoying fan. So do you know any like Harry Potter characters? Uh, do I know my friend? Do I know from Harry Potter? Give us your best book beak. Be the oh, sorting no, no, hat. Uh, Be the sorting hat. Well, now, which Dumbledore do you like? Original. Richard Harris. Harry, there have been so many things that you have had to overcome. <gasps> that was really good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta take my sweater off again. <laughs> yes. Dumbledore keeps it hot. <laughs> I mean, I do sorting hat, so, you know. Go. Oh, Vanessa. Let's see. You better not put me in Slytherin, asshole. <laughs> oh, dark streak could be good for Slytherin. No. But... <laughs> no. Uh, sometimes not you can, Ravenclaw sometimes you you can be dull. Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, fuck Hufflepuff. you. Hufflepuff. You won't factor into the story of Harry Potter at <laughs> all. The Hufflepuff kids are fat and dumb. <laughs> but yeah, isn't that weird? Don't you sort of? I mean, after a while, it sort of becomes like there's really only two houses. Yes, yeah, let's face it. I want to do videos that are like the Hufflepuff Chronicles, and it's like what they're doing when everything else is going on. Let's paint a magic elephant. <laughs> right? Don't the people in, don't the people in Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw kind of feel like? Why is our house so dull? Yeah. Nothing ever happens over here. No, we worked hard for our house team points. And now you're just going to award some to them willy-nilly. <laughs> Why? They broke curfew. They went out late at night. They stole things from the Chamber All of Secrets. All we did was dye a few kittens purple. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what they would do. Get into all sorts of pastel mischief. Pastel mischief. <laughs> You're going to have to expel Is that the gay house? Yeah. Is Hufflepuff the gay house? Definitely. <laughs> it's like, we're all gays and legacies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sassy with our magic. Don't I'm move. giving that bitch splitting We're working on our spell fabuloso. <laughs> <laughs> it makes bubbles. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like a rave. <laughs> They have a lot of different accents in that house. They're not they all do. British. The Ravenclaw kind of has a dark thing. Yeah, right? they they're, have a They're like the, the Slytherin light. They wish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they're decent at Quidditch. <laughs> Ravenclaw? Yeah. Not Hufflepuff, though. They're in the, Hufflepuff, they're in the no. corner eating their boogers. Hey. Let's be honest. I'm really You know offended. what? We're all just going to bloom later in life. Right. My mother said she never even knew how to do anything until she was 34. <laughs> I'm only 14, so I have 20 years left. Or maybe Hufflepuff is actually like the house where it's like, 
I've invented a spell that makes a cell phone. <laughs> Boom! Go away! <laughs> we don't mm. want you. You don't want phones? <laughs> Even like just... It's just full of like little magical Mark Zuckerbergs that <laughs> right, exactly. aren't being allowed. It's called a ballpoint pen. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> I've got a magic quill. I've got a magic ballpoint pen. I've found a social network spell. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. It's called book book. <laughs> There's already Facebook tarred. (laughs) That old parchment you're reading is going to dry up eventually. I've invented a Kindle. (laughs) Take a look at this then. What, no? No. Get out. No house team points. Burn him. It's electricity. I put a kite up into the sky and summoned lightning and no, nothing. (laughs) For their inability to be entertaining. (laughs) I won't have a puff. Nothing! <laughs> Absolutely nothing! Oh, yeah. Big Sigh Relief. Nobody saw that coming. So, <laughs> naturally, after a Harry Potter riff, you talk about Pulp Fiction. Right. I found... Uh, classic, great movie. Um, and uh, you uh, have an amazing part in that film. I have a very small but significant part. Indeed. And, uh, and bloody. It's, Yes. It's interesting because over the years I've realized that you can't describe my part. You can only describe it one way. You can't describe it in any fewer or any more words than the guy who got his head blown off in the back of the car. (laughs) You can't say, oh, I played Marvin. Who's who's Marvin? The guy who got his head blown off in the back of the car. Oh, Marvin! You can't say, the guy who got shot. (laughs) Which which one? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, the guy who got his head blown off in the back of the car. Now, if I say that, everyone knows. That's like a condensed version of that scene, right? Weren't you shot in the throat originally? Yes. And then they like shoot you in the head because they don't know what to do? That was, oh, yeah. that was one of, as far as I know, two things that changed from the original script, um, the pre-shooting script. Uh, one was because we did rehearsal. Um, and, yeah, I was supposed to get shot in the throat and sit there sort of gurgling Ooh. and stuff while they bantered back and forth about what to do. Oh my God. Well, we can't take him to a doctor. Well, we got to do something. What are you going to do? And, <laughs> and then he says, all right, well, on the count of three, I'll hit the horn. All right. And then they blow my brains out. And then the scene goes on from like, Oh shit, what the fuck you do? Oh. But when we met for rehearsal, I, I remember I walked in and John Travolta said, Oh my God, I got to kill him. They're going to hate me. And I guess he talked to Quentin afterwards and, like, literally meant that. It's like, oh, wow. no, I can't shoot this guy on purpose. The audience will hate me. And then I, Quentin agreed with him, and so they changed it so that there was one gunshot instead of two. The only other thing I know of, other than the, the, the video stuff with Uma Thurman that was cut out, which, which was shot as written, the only other thing I know of that was written and then changed before it was shot was um, Sam Jackson's pig reference in the diner when they're talking about bacon. You don't eat bacon? What are you, Jewish? No, I ain't Jewish. I just don't dig on swine. And at the very end, they talk about you know how dogs are filthy creatures. Well, is a pig a filthy creature? A dog's a filthy creature. It's like, well, by that rationale, if a, if a pig had a better personality, it'd cease to be a filthy creature. And originally, it was like, well, you have to be talking about one charming motherfucking pig. That would be the Cary Grant of pigs. <laughs> and... Sam thought that <clears throat> Jules would not think that Cary Grant was that cool. Oh. He's like, I just don't think that would be his reference. So they changed it to, we'd have to be ten times more charming than that Arnold on Green Acres. <laughs> 
which is a very <laughs> subtle differentiation. Subtle difference, yeah. It's a different thing to be picking from there. But in you think about it, I'm like, okay, I can see this guy not. It's like, man, Cary Grant is just some square white motherfucker. But Green Acres was the shit. <laughs> That's a funny show. Right. You know? So. Oh, my gosh. I love those stories. I also like just hearing that um, it was, I mean, it sounds like a pretty open set to collaboration like that to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it really wasn't, it, I mean, I was only there for a limited time. Right. But the fact that nothing changed from the script, I mean, the script was just so good. Yeah. You didn't really need to like, well, here's my two cents, Chris. <laughs> uh, you just like said, let me just say these fucking words. Right. You know, it's, it's funny because people always ask me like, uh, what, do you, what do you prefer to do? Do you prefer like animation or TV or movies? I'm like, really? I prefer things that are written well. Yeah. Because to me, a well-written cartoon like Justice League has more in common with Pulp Fiction than it does with Clifford the Big Red Dog. Or Mr. T. Or, God forbid, <laughs> Mr. T. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Be- good things across medium, I think, to me, are more similar than, bad, than good and bad things within the same medium. Right? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What, was, uh, what was Quentin like to work with? I mean, this is like his second movie after Reservoir Dogs. Right. So it's really early for him. Well, but he'd also been writing stuff. He had written... True uh, Romance, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Um, it was interesting because... As a person, he's intensely high energy. At least he was then. He was like, you know, constantly talking to me. I mean, talking a mile a minute. I remember one time we were at dinner at like Luna Park or something. Maybe we had gone to see uh, um, uh, the, uh, what was Beth Lapidus' show? The Uncabaret. Mm. All right. And somebody came up to him. This guy's like, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Mr. Tarantino, but I just want to say I'm a huge fan. And I'm sure this guy expected to just say hello, be brushed off, and go back to his meal. Quentin kept him there for 20 minutes, just talks like, yeah, so what do you And this guy's oh like, oh my gosh. My fettuccine is like, you know, freezing up. <laughs> but that, I mean, he's just, he just, I mean, he just talks and talks and talks. But as a director, he was so much mellower and more focused. I mean, he wasn't drawing the attention to himself. He would like put, I mean, I remember when we were driving out to do my coverage uh, from the back of the car, like it was him and the cameraman sitting in the front of the car shooting backwards to me. And the whole time we were driving to get where we are, he was just talking to me in character. You know, it's like, so what are you... And just asking me questions and keeping me oh, wow. in the space. He was like incredibly generous. Yeah, that's so thoughtful you know? to the actor too. That's I mean, amazing. And, and it's not like... I mean, I wasn't Bruce Willis. <laughs> like he didn't need... He didn't even need to be in the car really. <laughs> uh, for the, you know, the size of the part that I had. But he was just committed and generous. And he treated everybody so respectfully like mm-hmm. top to bottom and it and it's funny because i uh, to this day pulp fiction was the best nicest set i've ever been on and really and i think it was because everybody knew you can't shit on anybody right because quentin may be having lunch with them hmm. and talking to them for 40 minutes tomorrow like whether it's a pa yeah. whether it's the dp he treated everybody equally that's so amazing you know so it's weird too is like sometimes this is going to sound kind of nerdy, but you can. There's archives of Siskel and Ebert reviews online. You can like watch the videos from like you know the 80s or whatever. Oh, really? They used to have them extensively on at the movies website, but then when they canceled that show, they went down. But there's still like a website where people just like uploaded their VHS tapes where they taped these episodes. So they're incomplete, but there's a lot of stuff out there. But it's fun 
funny to go back and like at the time see how they received movies because there's mm. classic movies on there that they did not like, right? Um, or Is one Pulp of them. Fiction, hated. One of them. Not Pulp Fiction, but Reservoir Dogs popped up one. They both hated it. Really? Thumbs down, which is like – but now it's like it's a total classic. Yeah. You know? Did they say it was too violent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They See, just didn't – that's – sorry. This is just one of, one of the things that bugs me because I remember when Pulp Fiction was out having this argument with tons of people. It's like, oh, I can't see that. It's too violent. It's like – did you see Reservoir Dogs? Like, oh yeah, his his movies are just so ultra violent. It's like they're actually not. Yeah, they really aren't. There are ten acts of violence in Reservoir Dogs. Ten, counting punches. Huh. And ear cuttings. Yes. <laughs> the thing that there is in in Reservoir Dogs is a lot of pain. Yeah. There's a whole lot. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. But there is not very much violence. There is just the aftermath of violence. Mm. Pulp Fiction has a lot of violence in it. Yeah, <laughs> and and it more importantly, it just has intense stuff. I had a friend who, when it was out in the theater the first time who passed out in the aisle. <gasps> really? Because he has a needle thing. Oh, man. Oh, okay. yep, that, that would do needle. it. Yeah. It's weird when you hear about things like that because I know when like, Saving Private Ryan came out, a lot of veterans like couldn't deal with it because the, the war violence was so realistic that yeah. they f- kind of flashed back to it. Like, a lot of them walked out of the theater or whatever, came back in, but they just couldn't handle that first like 20 minutes of that movie. Right. Were... Well, because, I mean, that's the thing. There's ways to make violence. I mean, the Pulp Fiction violence was really stylized. Yeah, but... and his violence usually is so stylized yeah. that it does I don't like, And it's just love like, violence, it's ridiculous it scenario. Affects... Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the, the, it's, it's weird violence. It's stuff that you don't expect. Right. Well, right. the violence it's... is a character in it, too. I mean, that's Right, a submachine gun yeah. and Pop-Tarts. You know, right. that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's, it's comedy. <laughs> That's what that is. I remember this is actually this debate I saw online somewhere about your Pulp Fiction scene where somebody's like, there's nothing funny about somebody getting their head blown off in the back. And like, why, why people think this is funny is beyond me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there is nothing funny about somebody getting their head blown off in the backseat. What's funny is people attempting to deal with the aftermath of the situation. Well, and also, it's th- that scene in itself. If you watch that scene, it is a total comic. Up until the point the gun comes off, goes off, it's like the, uh, the, the waitress tipping scene in Reservoir Dogs. It's banter. Yeah. Yep. It's like, so wait a minute. You're telling me that God came down from heaven? No, oh, man. I'm not saying God came down from heaven. Well, you go tell him. I will tell him. <laughs> it has this total comic rhythm. It's like, yep. Marvin, what do you think? I don't even have opinion. Come on. you got to have an opinion. Then all of a sudden, it stops being right. a banter scene and becomes something else. And part of the funny is because it's a funny banter scene. And the other part is the shock. I mean, it's a, it's so it's a shocking, rhythm change, yeah. yep. you know? And it just shows that in this world that they build, that, like, these are the consequences. Like, it is, it is all, like, it's that ridiculous. It right. shows how ridiculous and it is. And exactly. And it's a, it's a part of hitman life. And because hitmen have been in movies, you know, for decades and decades. Yeah. But that's the part you never see. Right. The right. accident. Like, what happens <laughs> the whoops. if. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, it's an, it's an old comedy thing too like there's all there's tons of mo- classic movies even that have to deal with a sudden like body that that characters have to deal with yeah right. like it's it's just that uh, there's there's high comedy in that kind of thing of like, like weekend at bernie's exactly exactly <laughs> the highest that. of comedies <laughs> um yeah it's just weird to me that somebody would be that so upset about it and anyone on the internet's gonna be an there are, idiot there are a lot of people or who not. don't have a sense of humor i've which met is some. sad i know right how do you get mm-hmm. through life not happily no, that well, that's and and their assholeness trickles out, and that's what makes life it poisons difficult. the world. Yep. So if there's any assholes listening, <laughs> just <laughs> sure try. write us a letter. <laughs> oh, they will. Well, we'll mm-hmm. get it. Uh, you just did the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway. Ah! 
Yes. That must have been insane. That was actually uh, really fun. Um, I was I was sort of out of my my body a little bit because we had done the show for about five or six weeks here in LA in January. And then in October we went to New York and my part was exactly the same. I was doing the same show and just on a different stage. And I was like, this is Broadway now. Now I'm on Broadway. It feels the same. Oh, that's it feels so exactly weird. the same. And I was like, shouldn't doing a show on Broadway feel different? I don't know. Just sort of, well, I guess I should, not be thinking about that and thinking about saying my next line. <laughs> but I would like really like on yeah. stage come out of it. So wait, you you're know? telling me that like Jean Valjean doesn't meet you in the lobby and then the cats guys come through and what about the grease paint? Well, the, slowly it, it began to trickle. Like the, the fact that the puppeteers were not allowed to fix any of their puppets. Oh, that's uh, union. You know, I'll get a guy down here to string that for you. Oh my God. And there were like nine guys sitting around. <laughs> Doing nothing. Oh my god! Whereas in LA, when we did it at Club Nokia, there were like five guys who like also put up the amps for you know yeah the Dan Band, but they were our backstage crew as well. It's like, oh, what do you need to do? All right, and they're all named Brian, you know. And it's like <laughs> five guys did everything. Here, there were like twenty five guys, and they wouldn't do anything until their boss came back from lunch and told them to, and then they'll do it after my coffee break. Oh my god! But it was like, oh my god, this is why Broadway costs so much. <laughs> Like part of it. Yeah. And then there was also the thing like we got this. Oh, wait, so who's doing our makeup? You are. <gasps> oh, oh, right. Right. Actors, right, have to do. Okay. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. Everyone does their own makeup. Olivier, Bernadette Peters, they do their own makeup. Really? Whoa. It's like that's the tradi- that's Broadway tradition. I, I kind of think Bernadette probably. I'm, is I'm like I think Bernadette has no, a let's team. Say, that's a union thing. I'll get a guy down here. Hey Bernadette, don't <laughs> touch your cheekbones. You. Don't touch your cheekbones. But but I actually I got lucky because I had an application. I had uh, sideburns to put on, so I got someone to do my makeup. But everybody else had to do their own. <laughs> and now forever you get to have been on Broadway. Oh my no god! No one can take it away from you. It was for me. <laughs> no, the NZ Broadway God. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the only thing I regret is that I did not take full advantage of all of the people who love Pee Wee Herman because we had some of the most insane guests come backstage after the show. And I just did not have – I don't know if I was trying to be cool or just didn't have the guts. But I'm like, okay, when am I ever going to get another chance to be standing in front of Elvis Costello and have him actually no. somewhat care who I am. Are you serious? Dude, Elvis Costello. Is a huge Pee Wee fan? Big enough to come backstage. I enjoyed you as Cowboy Curtis. I mean, it's like, I wanted to say, oh my God, your music has, had, has been so important throughout my life. And all I could just like, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> David Bowie. Oh, <gasps> shut up. Lou Reed and Salman Rushdie came together. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Whoa. Wait a minute. I spoke to Paul Simon. Wait, I'm stuck kids. on Lou Reed and Salman Rushdie are friends with each other? It makes sense. I mean, if you look at... <laughs> if you, if you look Paul at what, was like, duh. If you, look at, if you follow Lou Reed's career, he does some of the weirdest collaborations and things. I mean, he had an album that just came out. It's Lou Reed and Metallica. Right. And it's the weirdest thing you'll ever hear. And it's, like, it's the kind of album that's like... It's got to be infuriating to both fans of both people because... <laughs> Everyone like, buys it and they're like, If you're what? a Metallica fan, you don't necessarily know Lou Reed. And so right. it's like this the thrashing guitars and then Lou Reed doing his weird like poetry you book goes over. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> saying, and, um, 
<laughs> so that's happening. And then if if you're a Lou Reed fan, it's like these songs. Why are, like, are those noisy so things happening? Yeah, right. it's just the weirdest. I kind of like it because this is this weird mashup that doesn't really work. But you can see it <laughs> at times. It sort of does on certain tracks, and then oh, other times it really doesn't work. And like it's it's like two CDs with like six songs in each of them. So they're each like like twelve minutes. A lot of them oh are six to twelve minutes. So some of them just go on forever. But oh yeah, my I can gosh. see that. That's hilarious. Who else came? Were you in the middle of the list or was that the end? Um, I mean, that's the craziest list of people. And then you put it, oh, at Pee Wee, like back, backstage at Pee Wee. Right. What? Right. Oh, uh, Natalie Portman, <gasps> Rosario Dawson, <gasps> uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. <gasps> Harry Potter. And that, he's the only one that I actually got a picture with. Oh, my because gosh. Because I, I thought I can't meet him and not get a picture from my son. That is amazing. But uh, and supposedly, both Stephen Sondheim and Prince were there, but they didn't come back. Stage. Are you serious? Yes. That is so nuts. Did you take advantage of being on Broadway? Is there a lot of Broadway shows? No. Or could you not because of your schedule? I couldn't, af- I couldn't afford it on fucking theater pay. Yeah. Um, I I tr- I saw La Bette with uh, uh, David Allen, uh, David David Hyde Pierce, and um, Mark. Rylance. Rylance, yeah, he's amazing. Um, and what was the other one I saw? Oh, oh, well, I saw Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson because our director had also written and directed that. Oh, he wow. Had, he had two shows on Broadway at once. No big no deal. No big deal. That's and that was crazy. actually really cool. But the only thing I miss is I, I wanted to see one like big old fashioned Broadway yeah. show and I didn't get a chance to. Next time you're on Broadway, yeah, check it out. another 43 years. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's do first. Okay, go. Thank you, Seth, for first. You might be Uh-oh. sitting this one out, Vanessa. <laughs> I <laughs> well, will. Come up with no, I have one. Uh, what was the first comic book or comic book series you can remember being really into as a kid? Because hmm. you're a comic book guy. Um, I remember having uh, a, an old torn up Spider Man, like. Around about the time comics were twenty cents, I'm pretty sure it was a John Romita. Um, but the first series, I was, uh, I was really into was uh, D- Batman Detective Comics. Um, even though I was not a big fan of the Jim Apero art, the stories just really grabbed me. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's that Batman is my character. That's gotcha. the one I was imprinted with. Nice. Vanessa, is Archie the answer for you? It is. (laughs) It really is. I had one Archie comic book, but my favorite part was there was the sea monkey ad in the back. (laughs) And I would look at it all the time and I wanted it so bad because the illustrations on those sea monkey ads made Mm -hmm. them seem like the most magical creatures. Because in the picture, (laughs) they have like a scepter and accessories. And I was like, they grow out of water. And so then I got some. And it was so sad thing ever. They're just, I, they're just little brine shrimp. They're, right. they're little like lice. Like they're tiny little <laughs> horrible see-through lice creatures. And I imagine them as these pink smiling creatures that would like greet me with a beautiful flat-faced nope. Yeah. You, you, you got had, ripped off slightly less a, than the uh, x-ray goggles. Oh, you must yeah. have gotten a bad packet because the one I had... <laughs> 
they, they built an entire society, they did. didn't they? An entire society. Oh, God. Yeah. Castles. That's not even funny. <laughs> and elections. But then they tried to take over the outside world, and, and then I had to just dump it out. That sounds like a uh, movie. No, there. see what you needed were trilobites. Mm. Yeah, just, uh, just put a couple of through there and keep them in, keep them in line. And in the <laughs> Sea Monkey ad, oh my gosh. There's a whole family, right? It also said that, like, at their headquarters, they had, they were inventing a miniature bear. A, what? a little bear. And I think it must have been a Was joke. Was this a fever dream? It might be. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really tell the difference between dreams and reality in terms of memories. That's but because I, you're mentally efficient. I'm so emmy. Um, but I think it said they were working on a little miniature bear. I hope that project's gone well. <laughs> I need to look into that. In the headquarters. You're at Sea Monkey Headquarters. We're working we, on a sea bear. He's tiny and he's got a great personality. Uh, uh, he's idea, really uh, a rock. The idea that they're trying to apply for a grant to continue their research. You know? <laughs> look, the world needs a tiny bear. <laughs> look, uh, just divert some money from that cancer research you're doing. We need a tiny bear and we need it now. Guys, why don't you just go back to renaming animals that already exist? <laughs> don't you just do that <laughs> we want to rename what would they rename a tiny bear what well, animal? They, well, they, <laughs> a bee uh like uh some sort of uh mole rat the, the, oh yeah it's the hairless bear <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a mole rat <laughs> no no here at sea monkey no. headquarters right that's <laughs> a that's a hairless wood bear <laughs> oh see all of his he doesn't want his hair to get caught in the trees in the forest where he lives the miniature forest that is <laughs> exactly <laughs> look just send us 1995 four dollars <laughs> shipping you'll see what you get when it gets there all right just if it's do alive it. <laughs> Put it in water. It's just weird. You shouldn't. <laughs> Put it in water. <laughs> Mom, my mini bear is dead. <laughs> it's floating in the toilet. I told you it's a mo rat. For me as a kid, I was really into X Men. I'm more of a Marvel guy mm-hmm. growing up. So I loved Uncanny X Men. Um, when did you. What? Do you remember what's the, st- the first storyline? The storyline I got into is the Mutant Massacre, which is around issue like two ten, two eleven. Like the Mutant Massacre when Shadowcat dies. Spoiler oh alert! God, you're so young. Uh, <laughs> but that's when I first got into it. Um, that's I mean, when I was a real little kid, I, I know I had comic books that were just like you know, a Woody Woodpecker or whatever. Right. Like, that, right. like it wasn't like hot stuff, a little devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all those things, the Star Comics or whatever they were. Right, right. Um, so I definitely still have. Like my parents brought down my comic books when they came down to LA late recently. Be like, we don't want these in your bedroom anymore. <laughs> They're yours now. Mom's uh, working out in there. So That's I was going through rent. them and like I went on like online to like wizard has a site and i was just trying to find out how much everything's worth nowadays Anything. and it was sort of depressing how many things that you know are bagged and boarded that i got right away that are worth like three dollars you know that were like the cover press is 175 or whatever mm. so it's right. not like they well, appreciated that much but there were certain things in there like i had a twilight zone issue that's worth like 75 dollars wow that was one i think i got in a grab bag when i was a kid you know like that one was not bagged and boarded it was just loose Right. But it was still in decent enough shape that it's it's fine. Well, but you you were in the the collector generation. Yeah, that's the problem with it because everything I yeah. found that like when I was like hardcore into it, everybody was into it. Everybody bought them. Everybody bagged them. So everybody they're everywhere. Them. Everybody kept yeah. them. You can get them fine. The ones that I had gotten a little bit earlier or were given to me in grab bags or whatever, those are the ones that had value now. Right. Do you have an extensive collection? I do. Yeah. Um, although not as extensive as it should be, the first comic book collection I have, I inherited. Uh, our neighbors had a son who had just come back from college, and he said, here, why don't you take these? When I was like 
10 or something. And so I had this, you know, long box of comics. Some of them were older than me. Wow. You know, I had like, uh, an old detective comics, like drawn by Carmine Infantino, where the Joker is wearing a, I mean, these were like 10 cent comics. And I remember around about 13 or 14, I traded all of them except the Mad Magazines in. Oh. Yeah, that's tough. I used to have a Michael Jordan rookie card. His Fleer yeah. card that's worth like $800 or whatever. And at the time, it was like I hated him because he used to like beat the Pistons. <laughs> so it wasn't in the best shape anyways. It was just like loose in a box. Yeah, F you, Michael Jordan, whatever. So then I just took it into this card shop and they gave me like you 75 bucks him. for it or whatever at the time. And I think at that time, it was worth like <laughs> 175 or whatever, maybe 200 ish. Wow. But but 75 bucks to like a 10 year old is oh, like, yeah. that's huge. That's like, what is that? Like 180 Slurpees? This is the best <laughs> thing ever. So Can you tell me that. how much it's worth in sugar? <laughs> <laughs> how many tokens is that? Can you yeah. Just, but, just give it to me in tokens. Yeah, I sold at the bottom of the market. Like before the, you know, before all the collectors and before like all the multiple number ones, like before people knew comic books had value. So it was just like, yeah, I could sell this. I can't resell that. And so I just like the entire long box just gone. Although I still Ooh. have uh, a couple of Mad Magazines that are literally older than myself. Oh, my gosh. Um, and with like Norman, old original Norman Mingo covers. Um, but And then I have some stuff from when I was coming up. Like uh, I have New Teen Titans number one, which – I think probably has more sentimental value than like actual value because again, that was when people, you know, knew these things right. mattered. There's definitely some weird things I was into that I was like, why was I so into that comic? <laughs> like, I have like 40 issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, which <laughs> is kind of a rotten comic, but for some reason, I really dug it at the time. <laughs> Dude, I have uh, the first 25 issues of ROM Space Knight. Uh, I have a couple of ROMs. Yeah, which <laughs> not only was badly drawn. Badly written and just a ridiculous concept. I don't even remember. Who is Rom? Rom like was a, s- a silver robot thing. A silver robot thing from space. I'm sold. No, it was horrible. It was bad. <laughs> there was, they also, Marvel did this little thing for a while called New Universe where they put these new comics out that were all terrible. There was like Night Mask. Um, <laughs> that just sounds bad. Was bad. That was a riot at first. I'll help you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Cloak and the Dagger end. was the one that did sort of well from it, right. but that was like the only thing. Cloak and Dagger. Uh, yeah. Cloak Dagger sucks. Yeah. You're Me favorite. too. You, oh, she put her sweater back It, it was all a ride <laughs> before it was a comic book. <laughs> Wait, how old were you when you read that Archie? I was like eight. Okay. I think that's right. Curious. Yeah, and then it, it survived. We moved around a lot, and that one comic book survived all the moves because I just loved it so much. Like, I would throw away horrible things that I, I would think back, and I'm like, oh, why did I give that away? But that Archie and that sea monkey picture that I just – it took me four years to get my mom to get me sea monkeys because she kept, kept telling me it's not going to be what you think. <laughs> and so, like, and Vanessa at age 12 has her heart broken. Well, there was, I thought oh, they were yeah. magical creatures. They would do, like, like all, all those ads. They would have, like, giveaways and <laughs> things. Things that if you collected enough like little points from the comic books, you could get them. But like the, the flaw with that was you'd have to cut them out of the comic book. Oh. And I was always like, I can't do it. And you couldn't buy, and you didn't have no photocopies. To buy two copies. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. All right, let's do, uh, let's do my questions. Instead Go of my it. normal questions, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. We're going to do other this or that. Other this or Ooh. that. So feel free to play along at home uh, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> 
Uh, and this ties into you, since you do do voices on Star Wars The Clone Wars. I do. So the category for the this or that is Star Wars or Physicist. Oh, I'm going to read you a list coming. of ten <laughs> names that are either a character in the Star Wars Clone Wars universe or a Nobel Laureate in Physics. Can be I one got or this. the other. <laughs> Vanessa, I you can play this. along too. Okay. You've not oh, read I won't these. Look. Uh, <laughs> she just flipped it over. She has not looked at it. All right, here we go. Number one, and I'm going to botch most of these pronunciations. So well, we go. we'll know because. I'll and now that we are part of the Nerdist Network, I do expect to get some hate on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, number one, Yoshiro Nambu. Physicist. 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 Yes. For the discovery of the mechanism of spontaneous broken symmetry in subatomic physics. From the U.S. <laughs> Obviously. Say that five times fast. Exactly. Number two, Turk Falso. Star Wars. That is Star Wars. That is Star Wars. He's and a Weequay member. Falso? According to uh, okay. Internet Movie Database. Wait, how did you say it? No, no. no. Oh. He's a Weequay member of a pirate gang led by Hondo <gasps> Onaka. From Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride. <laughs> yes. No, no. You know what? You cannot mix your billionaire uh, franchises. <laughs> sure, I can. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jack Sparrow, Turk Hondo. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get on this big spaceship. Which one's Turk? <laughs> uh, all right, number three. <laughs> Ga Nacht. That's G H A N A C H K T. Mm. That is Star Wars. Vanessa? Fisasist. Star Wars. Uh, from... Oh, I was thinking you meant Gaunacht. He's from Trandosha, who owned the freighter Vulture's Claw during the Clone Wars. He's voiced by Ron Perlman on the show. Aww. Ron Perlman. <laughs> there you go. Uh, number four. Gerardus, apostrophe T, hoofed. Gerardus T, hoofed. Or Gerardus T, hoofed. That's got to be a physicist. The apostrophe. Are there, are there actually human languages that have the apostrophes? Hoofed is too silly to be Star Wars, right? Hoofed doesn't sound Oh, no, no. There's some really silly. There's oh, there are. Crazy yeah. Mon, Mon, Wait, say Mon? it again. Come on. Uh, Gerardus T, hoofed. Hoofed. <laughs> Hufflepuff. I'm 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 gonna fight the the apostrophe and go physicist. He is a physicist. Yes, from the Netherlands. There you go. They That's are the silliest. It's people. for eluc- <laughs> you know. It's for elucidating the quantum structure of electroweak interactions in physics. I mean, oh, okay. Well, maybe he'll, maybe he'll get a guest spot in the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. maybe we're hoping. Number <laughs> five. I'm tohoofed. Pew pew pew. Number five. Gerd Binig. Physicist. Gerd Binnig? Yep. Physicist. Physicist from West Germany. We got For this. his design of the scanning <laughs> so tunneling stupid. microscope. Number six, Lama Su. Star Wars. Ooh, look at you. See, you're, you're yeah. getting it. You're getting I'm it. getting confident. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to agree with Vanessa. Right. You are both correct. Yeah. yeah. Prime Minister of Camino at the beginning of the Clone Wars, voiced by Bob Bergen, who is now a uh, Porky Pig. Well, he, no, he was Porky Pig first. Was he first? Yeah. Okay. Very first? No, no, no. Oh. Before he did Clone Wars. Before this, yeah. Uh, number seven, Polycarp Kush. Uh-oh. <laughs> Polycarp Kush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been discovering some shit. 
That's some good stuff. That is a physicist. You're right. Trick question is a straight of medical marijuana. <laughs> Uh, he is a physicist yeah. from the U.S. for his precision determination of the magnetic moment of the electron. That's or a magnetic something. moment. Hey, uh, dude. dude, I totally did something. But I, don't I don't know. Dude, just like make me a laureate. All right, <laughs> just do it. Uh, number eight, Tall Merrick. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars. He was a senator hailing from Kalev- Kalevala, voiced by Greg Proops. Oh, way to go, Greg Proops! Wow, yeah, that's his him. second Star Wars character. Who else is he? He is one of in Phantom Menace, right. which I'm sure you remember really, really well. The ride. Uh, yes. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, okay. So he, he's one of the uh, announcers during the pod race. Oh, wow. Way to go, boyfriend. Yes. Number nine. He's your boyfriend? Kind of. What Pre- no, no, you're my boyfriend. Thank you. Oh. I don't even know him. Wow. Yeah. You're happening. <laughs> no, you, you go ahead, Cole. We're, we're going. Go, we'll get over here. Pre Vizsla. It's P R E space V I Z S L A. Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. A male human from Mandalore <laughs> and was the leader of the Mandalorian Death Watch, voiced by John Favreau. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe all these people do voices. I had no idea. Yeah, John Favreau? Awesome well, all these, he people, needed all these people do voices on Star Wars. Yeah. They don't like all necessarily do. Although, no, Favreau doesn't. Proops? I don't think he does Like, much why did Favreau need to do that, too? Doesn't he have enough going on? No, they wanted him to do it. Because oh. he's like, like be associated with Star Wars and go in a booth for a couple hours? Sure. Yeah. Well, and it's also one of the things like, well, once I do the voice, and if I'm famous, then I get invited up to the Lucas Ranch. Right. Oh, my gosh. Have I you been? Real, you know, I have not. Oh. You will tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. I got a surprise for you. Yay! And I, I sort of. I didn't go to Lucas Ranch, but I have been at Lucasfilm. Which wow. I'll tell you after we do number 10. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Dr. Sianver Bull. Now the doctor's throwing me. Right. Because you didn't say that for everybody else. I know. That's, that's Sianver Bull. Dr. Sianver. Star Wars. My gut says physicist. It's a Star Wars oh! character. Oh. He's a scientist who served with the Galactic Republic during the Clone Wars. For the Black Republic? The Black, Black Republic. Republic. The Galactic Oh, Republic. yeah. There's this whole new storyline coming out. You know about it? Yeah. You're, oh, man. It's Very gonna, racially it's, progressive. Yeah, yeah. It's really... I mean, because there's this whole lost clone war. It's the uh, clone civil war. But I, I shot a commercial for Connective Utility, which is like a power company in the East Coast. And Lucasfilm was doing like the post effects work on it or whatever. So the costume fitting was like at Lucasfilm. Oh, and it was that's like... That's exciting. It, it just looked like... like you're basic, like next to a strip mall kind of like warehousey kind of thing. Like it doesn't draw any attention to you. We just think it's like a like a dentist office area. You oh, know what I mean? Like one of those industrial parks. But the second you walk in the door, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Yoda in a case. Oh my god! There's all these posters up. There's a non-disclosure agreement to sign. Like, there it is. All like for walking stuff. in the door. Busted yeah. your NDA. You didn't that, say where it was. <laughs> no, I didn't. But you did say basically Yoda. it so was you owe them seven million dollars. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It was mostly because they <laughs> Mr. had like Mr. Stratton. Hi, there hi. Were, there were posters up for movies that had not come out yet at the time. Ooh, that's so, so exciting. So, like, they didn't want you to like leak anything. Like, oh, I saw the, the makeup for blah blah blah. I hate that's to bust so this up, but it's time for my questions. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, right. go ahead, girl. You Get your black on. Okay. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? <laughs> that's the blackest question ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't say her name. No, um, <laughs> I have not. Have you been close to them? Were they with Helen Mirren? No. <laughs> okay, next no. question. 
Damn it. <laughs> if you I, was, were trapped, I so wanted to be able to say yes to that. I, I know it right? excites you so much. Yeah, no, what about Zach Efron? Have you ever met him? No. <sighs> Me either. Damn it. God. You haven't met Zach Efron? If I had met him, I would be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Whether he willed it or no. <laughs> it will be so. Hey, it's nice to meet you. Whoa! <laughs> hey, ma- ma'am! It's happening! Whoa. Actually, you will be pleased to know that the scientists at Sea Monkey's Lab <laughs> are working on a handshake pregnancy thing. There you so go. if that comes through... Aww, keep me posted. <laughs> it's the little Zach sperm. <laughs> and they're brine shrimp. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I put all these don't brine swallow shrimp them. in me. <laughs> but they're really talented brine shrimp. <laughs> nice voice and silky exactly. hair. Beautiful eyes. And um, may or may not be gay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> some things aren't funny, y'all. No, he and Vanessa are really, they're really, they're, yeah. <laughs> no, there's something That's going real. on. Um, if you were trapped in an elevator with two of the people you have impersonated, who would you most like to be trapped with? Like to be trapped with? For 22 hours, no potty. You're going to have to potty in front of each other. Mm. Or hold it. I like that you picked 22 uh, hours as the amount of time. Exactly. <laughs> it's really arbitrary, but, but all right. Well, 24 hours, you know, something you could like die or something. Right. 22 hours, you could doable. Uh, or what would be the most I've been, interesting? I've been impersonated. Um, I would say Chris Rock. Ooh. Because he's funny, and I think he'd be a good conversation. Yeah. He'd keep it um, lively. And he's not that big, so he doesn't take up a lot of oxygen. Right. Smart. Um, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Have I ever done? <laughs> have I done any women? Um, <laughs> and Sydney Poitier. Ooh, that would be a delightful. Because you know what? Right I mean, after like seven hours, you know, all the walls are down. We can just talk <laughs> shit. Come on, brothers, let's just talk. Let's be real. What? Where you put that Oscar, man? Come <laughs> just on, Sid. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> I bet you would walk out of that elevator a changed person and you would, I just think you guys would start to have dinner dates. Oh my God. You picked a really good group of people. Of course. Did you ever see the Jackal, that remake that they did of that French movie Day of the Jackal or, uh, with, uh, it's with Bruce Willis and Sidney Poitier and Jack no. Black. You gotta and see Jack it. Black. It's really not good, but like Sidney Poitier is like way over the top in it, like in a way that's like really hilarious. Like more so than sneakers? Yeah, more so than oh, sneakers. sneakers. Really? There's a scene where like somebody's, it's like in a bar and somebody's harassing somebody else. He's like, hey man, cut that out. You're like, hey man, you cut that out. Wow. That's exactly what it is. It's amazing. You have Well, because remember, in sneakers was the, the, that was the big, that was a huge thing for black people even though none of us saw the movie. Um, <laughs> because Sidney Poitier cursed. That's right. You get down, motherfucker! Huge bad thing? Just huge. How so? Because Sidney Poitier is Goes against the, the image of bearer the... for everything good. Yeah. And sort of, you know, it's like that in some ways it was like for the older people, it was like, no, not Sidney too! Yeah. Damn, damn, damn! <laughs> and for younger people, it's like, hey, that's sort of like Sidney's, Sidney's down. Yeah. All right. Fuck the police, Sydney. Go ahead. <laughs> That's what his bumper sticker says. Sydney Poitier's right. bumper sticker. And now he's going to do a, a family comedy with Ice Cube. Oh, and great. the whole thing comes full circle. That's right. Sydney will be the one cursing, and Ice Cube's like, "Come on, man, damn." You're Sydney Poitier. <laughs> Clean exactly. your mouth up. Yes, he'll be playing himself. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, okay, 
your steady stream of turkey line. Oh, um, I didn't know where that was going. It's just a steady stream of, and, steady. I, and I just went off. I love that sketch. It is the most ridiculous and over the top sketch. I, I can't imagine like the writer's room for that because were you involved in writing that at all? No, no. That was all Jenna Jolovitz, uh, Second City alum who was a writer on this show. It's, I mean, it's just basically a man going like insane and at a dinner and holding everyone hostage <laughs> over wanting more turkey. But like, it's played crazy over the top, so well, intense. Well, because it's and it starts small. It's just like, oh, okay, it's a it's a Thanksgiving sketch, and you're not really sure what the premise is. Like, oh, okay, that was great. Okay, and they start clearing the dishes. Yeah. Like, oh man, anybody uh, anybody, anybody want any more? more? That's it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll have some more. Like, oh. Okay, and you think, oh, he's oh, he's so rude. Yeah, but then it's just like, and then, then it's like wipe. thirty minutes later. Ooh, oh, <laughs> that was fantastic! All right, well, I'll just get the pie. No, <laughs> more turkey. And then it's like, and then the next beat is, are you? No one else has any plates. Yeah. And then he's got a gun. And he's like, <laughs> keep the turkeys coming. And it's just like, and it just like it builds and stuffing builds. Stuffing his face, I need a steady stream of turkey. My there's this little moment that I love when they reach to like help you with the food, and you're like, no, I got it. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, and he basically just he, he loses control of both his mind and his body. <laughs> it's the he, most insane. Because he can't he he can't eat anymore. Yeah. But he can't stop eating. But he can't not eat. <laughs> <laughs> So that has inspired this question um, because you actually oh, my computer. like she sets it down, goes about twenty feet away. Yeah, or she's in the slingshot, a very accurate slingshot. Yeah, I just deleted the entire thing on mine. So whoops, you just deleted the entire interview. That's why we do doubles. <laughs> oh my god! No, let's get to the eleven minute mark. It's okay, you guys just find it. We'll be fine. Oh, I mean, I'll record this last part. This is good, right? I know, yeah. right? Website. He doesn't even care. <laughs> All right. Are you well, ready? I'm rolling again. That's weird. That's okay. He's never done that. I'm going to pick it up from... Okay. So that bit angered the gods of Thanksgiving, as you can imagine. And they are going to punish you. Of oh, course. no. But you the have Thanksgiving to pick, gods. Mm-hmm, the Thanksgiving gods be angry. Sort of, sort of the B-list demi. <laughs> but okay. No, they're, I mean... They're not demigods. They're real gods. Yeah, Are real mortals gods. enjoying their cornucopias this season? That's all right. One mortal is taking it oh, too far. Oh, God. It's the guys in... The, who, which ones are the things you got? The ones all in orange and brown. <laughs> Those roly-poly guys with right. the cones on their heads. <laughs> well, they're pissed. And you either have to... Um, you become a gravy gurgler, which means before you talk to anyone, you carry around a cup of gravy and you put it in your throat. And I can and only the, talk to people with... No, you can no. spit it out, but you oh, just like... I if have you to see gargle. someone, you're like, mm, mm, one second, and then you have to gargle gravy okay. and spit it back in the cup. Right. And you're reusing this gravy. No. And yes, I just the added same that, gravy? but I love it. Oh, I see. I saw that sparkling. You're like, oh, you thought it's not so bad. Now it's backwash gravy gargling. <laughs> that okay. makes it bad. Or that makes it bad. you're a cranberry dribbler, and you... <laughs> this is gross, but... You randomly dribble cranberry sauce from your beehole. Oh. And you're, that stains pants, and you can't wear diapers. So don't even Ooh. think about it. And kilts are right out of the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or um, you could just, like, if it was a kilt. But no one can see the, the cranberry. Nope. not you, It would just be uncomfortable if you are doing it, and then people could see on your pants the big red. If I didn't change really quickly. Yeah. So I'd have to be changing constantly. I have to live like Mariah Carey, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and I'd have to wear like ooh things that yeah maybe dark blacks, dark black yeah like warm up 
pants. Warm-up pants. Um, or a gravy gurg- gurgler. Backwash gravy gurgling. Yeah. You get new gravy every two months. You know what? I'm going to go with the, uh, the cranberry juice, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. One, because it's it my is. secret. People can't <laughs> see it. And I also think having that secret would make me a better actor. Ooh. Secrets do make people better. You see? I'd, have, I'd always have a subtext going. Good No job. matter what. <laughs> my subtext is cranberry relish might fall out of my ass. Although, exactly. <laughs> Although I Look, think that wardrobe take was a little me. too <laughs> cran grape for us. <laughs> I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> wait, wait, what, cran, what, that's, that's a strange thing You're for you to crazy. say. That's weird. <laughs> I'm going to go to wardrobe. <laughs> no reason. Back. No reason. Bye. Actually, yes. The wardrobe people would hate me even more they than Jonathan Silverman's uh, wardrobe person. <laughs> Call back. hey Okay. You ready for this one? Oh, there's more? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. I heard that you were in The Matrix, but your scenes ended up on the cutting room floor because they were too controversial. But I was just hoping you could describe them for us a bit. You know, that's, that's, that's so funny that, I mean, with all the stuff on the internet, it's one of the few things that has not gotten out right. there. Um, I was uh, originally, um, there were two chosen ones. Oh, um, wow. There was Neo and there was Oldo. <laughs> and my character Oldo mm-hmm. was sort of really retro. He had like a wow. straw boater. Ooh. And, um, <laughs> And everything he had was kind of it was it was sort of pre steampunk. Nice, nice. But it wasn't quite steampunk. It was just sort of just rusty stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, everything he used, and he wasn't that agile. You know, right, when the uh, when the, they would shoot the bullets, he wouldn't do the the bullet time. He would just sort of go, Arr! and they would hit him, and <laughs> dust would come out. <laughs> and then they decided it was sort of not really in keeping with the theme. Oh, that's too bad. Well, yeah. I hope it does. Oh, why'd you guys cut Oldo? <laughs> You know, you know what? I tried to leak some stuff. Yeah. But uh, NDAs. But uh, the Wachowskis you know, oh, threatened to. <sighs> Don't go up against them. This is your no. last one. Okay. You, John Travolta, Mandy Patinkin, and Sarah Michelle Gellar are in a new series on TV <laughs> coming um, right after Christmas. And I would just love to hear a little bit about it. Like, what's it called and what's the basic premise? I know there's not too many teasers out there, but... Well, it's, it's funny because it's actually a spinoff of Sarah's uh, current show, Ringer. Yeah. Because um, it's sort of doing... They're basically going to reboot it mm-hmm. in the midst. Wow. And, um, and uh, John Travolta plays uh, God. <laughs> Naturally. And uh, Mandy Patinkin and I are... Two our partners. Mm-hmm. We're sort of modeled on Chico and Harpo. Oh, nice! Um, but we both this is speak classic, you know. <laughs> and uh, but we both got that same sort of attitude and sort of the hey, what are you doing? What am I doing? What are you doing? Kind of thing. And uh, Sarah Michelle Geller plays uh, twins um, who work for God, um, and. We are constantly her, her bumbling go-betweens. Man, that series her... writes itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God gives her missions. Right. Uh, but only to one of the twins. <gasps> and it switches back and forth. Can God be Morgan Freeman? Because he's good at that. God is John Travolta. God is John Travolta. God damn it. You know, there are a team of we, gymnasts They, they actually, the network wanted Morgan Freeman as God. Mm. And our, our showrunner, um, Tim Kring of Heroes, <laughs> um, said, that's hacky. We've seen that. Right. It's right. been what done. We, we haven't seen is John Travolta as God. And it's actually his character from Michael who's <gasps> been 
upgraded. Yes, he's been uh, finally he's been boosted. I've been waiting for that to be rebooted. So he's now God, and he gives missions to Sarah Michelle Geller's sisters, two selves. Yeah, and then we try to help, but sometimes we go to the wrong twin. Oh no! And we we set a whole big you know sort of R- R- Rube Goldbergian thing up to <laughs> this is gonna help you. What help me do what? Uh oh! We don't know. We got the wrong one. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds it's, amazing. It's sort of dramatic and comedic all yeah. the time. Yeah, uh, I, I can't, wait I can't believe it. it's replacing Community, but. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh. You know what? We have no say over that. <sighs> yeah, I know. We don't do I programming. Know. I know. I'm so Although sorry. I am sleeping with the head of programming, but I can't <laughs> tell her what to do. I can tell her what I'd like her to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's how, that's how I tell her. Yeah. Oh. I get you, baby. Community's yeah, it's, it's, it's off cave, the air. It's a caveman thing. Oh, that's 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 my vibe. That's what the ladies like. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Phil. Thank You're you. amazing. Uh, people man. can see you at SF Sketchfest, which uh, the lineup for that comes out uh, this Friday, which is I think is when we're releasing this episode. So this news okay. will be breaking along with this. Uh, yes, the, and uh, at SF Sketchfest, I'll be doing uh, performing in the Beverly Winwood Presents the Actors Showcase and uh, performing the Black Version, which is a, a improv show that we do at the groundlings um monday nights um created by jordan black and starting in january we'll be running every other monday that's so um, awesome so yeah check it out at uh www.theblackversion.com and you have to say www yep right even though it's not actually on the uh the earl <laughs> you just have to say it that's it's so people let, know it that it's people to up. use their yeah. computer right it's right a computer uh, thing you. so go to Ooh. Theblackversion.com. Cool. Uh, people can also follow you on Twitter. Yes. At Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar. All one word. That's two right. L's in the middle, two R's at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can follow uh, the podcast on there as well, at PMC Podcast. Um, I'm at Cole Stratton. And I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.